0: Support for LAist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org.
1: I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at laist.com events.
2: LAist
3: Studios.
2: You're listening to Imperfect Paradise from LAist Studios. I'm Antonia Cerejido, your host. It's been a year since secret recordings of four powerful Latino leaders were leaked to the public, leading to a massive outcry and a demand for the resignation.
4: Racism is racism, whether it's coming from a guy in a red MAGA hat or from the president of the LA City Council, It's unacceptable.
2: Since then, the woman at the center of the scandal, former LA City Council President Nuri Martinez, has not done an interview. Until now. Have you thought about why you said what you said?
5: I've thought about that particular day God, a thousand
2: times, if not more. We're gonna talk candidly to the people who were most affected by the secret tapes in a way that no one has really heard before.
3: I got a call from a friend of mine who said, Hey, I need to talk to you. There's
1: a secret recording of, of Nuri and Gil and Kevin. You can't figure out what's happening. Like, did someone in the room make this recording?
4: And then our board member sends me the text. Did you see this? And I'm like, oh, this is what people are talking about. Mono, monito, right? um, monkey, little monkey. These are deeply racialized terms that are not at all innocuous.
2: So what I hear you saying is that you feel like this is something that happened to you, not something you did. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's coming up on Imperfect Paradise from LA Studios. On a warm October morning in 2021, three men and one woman met in a squat, unassuming building in a working-class neighborhood in the middle of Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> <Is
4: that mom? laughs> How are you?
2: They sat around a huge wooden table, sipping coffee with cream and sugar. They started the meeting the normal way most meetings start, with some small talk. One of the men shows off a picture of his granddaughter for the others to see. She's
5: so cute. I can't believe you're in the state of your life, by the
3: way. I yeah. know. I'm a grandfather, and I have a 47 year old son and a two and a half year old little girl.
2: But it wouldn't turn out to be a normal meeting. These were four of the most powerful people in the city of Los Angeles, the head of a prominent union group and three L.A. city council members. They didn't know it at the time, but everything they were saying was being secretly recorded. Thinking no one would ever hear them, for the next 90 minutes, the four Latino leaders, union leader Ron Herrera, council members Gil Cedillo, Kevin DeLeon, and council president Nuri Martinez— would speak candidly using demeaning and racist terms about colleagues on the council, Black political power, Indigenous people, and even a child. All within the context of a meeting held to strategize how to advance Latino power in the city.
3: It's for Latino strength, for a foreseeable future.
2: And then, nearly a whole year would pass. That meeting would become indistinguishable from any other meeting in the memory of the participants. That is, until the audio was posted online. Reporters discovered the tapes. And in October of 2022, their comments would be heard around the world.
3: What a story this is. It's a bombshell. It's stunning. Martinez was heard making racist and vile comments against Blacks, Indigenous Mexicans. Nuri
5: Martinez called a fellow councilman's Black child, quote, a little monkey
4: suggesting the child needed a beatdown.
5: They insulted Oaxacans as well.
4: She referred to them as little, short, dark
3: people. To say that this has rocked the city
0: hall here in LA from its foundation probably is an understatement. Nori Martinez says she now finds herself the lightning rod in this- The city council
2: tape leak was one of the largest political scandals in Los Angeles history. When people heard that private conversation, the city erupted into a frenzy of protests.
0: Bye-bye, hey hey, hey, hey! Ho, ho! Nuri hey, Martinez has
2: got to go! Hey, hey! Nuri Martinez, whose comments caused the most controversy, went from being one of the most promising Latina politicians in the whole country to being the prime example of anti-Blackness and colorism in the Latino-Latinx community seemingly overnight. Scandals are like tornadoes they hit with sudden force and turn everything upside down. But in order for there to be a tornado, there needs to be key atmospheric conditions, like the right combination of warm and cool air and wind speed. And so like a tornado, the city council tape scandal didn't come out of nowhere. There were simmering tensions, both political and personal, a contentious mayoral election, and a national reckoning on race. The scandal has blown over. The tornado has passed. But the uncomfortable, painful, and thorny issues at the heart of this story remain. Anti-Black racism and colorism within the Latino-Latinx community. A growing fault line in the Democratic Party between progressives and moderates. And the ongoing and difficult struggle to define Latino political power. It's been two years since the tapes were recorded a year since they were released to the public. And in the time since, Nuri Martinez has not spoken about what she said on the tapes.
5: My name is Nuri Martinez, and it's spelled N-U-R-Y.
2: And how do you introduce yourself? As a former council president of the Los Angeles City Council. In this first episode, we're going to start with the scandal itself as a way of understanding what Nuri actually said and why people were so hurt. The words
5: she spoke were so full of cruelty and anger and pain and caused anger and pain.
2: Then we'll explore the tension between what Nuri was known for before the scandal, being a champion of working-class immigrant families, and after.
4: We've seen reflections of leaders who look like us, who are supposed to represent us, making decisions that totally throw our communities under the bus.
2: And we'll press Nuri to answer for what she said. Do you think there's an anti-Blackness problem in the Latino community? I don't know. I'm Antonia Cerejido. This is Imperfect Paradise, Nuri and the Secret Tapes. Part one, the scandal.
0: VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another
1: round.
2: Let's start with just if you would introduce yourself and say your name and what your position was at the time that the tapes leaked.
3: My name is Mike Bonin, and I am now a retired member of the Los Angeles City Council and sometimes podcaster. And at the time the tapes came out, I was in the last few months of my nine and a half years representing the West Side on the LA City Council.
2: Mike Bonin is white in his 50s, with closely shaved white hair and wire rim glasses. And he is the person whose name most came up during the secretly recorded meeting. The whole recorded meeting was more than 90 minutes long, and we're not going to go through every single thing that was said on the tapes. Instead, we're going to start by focusing on the parts of the tape that got the most attention. And I think of it as three distinct types of tape. First, direct racist and prejudiced insults. If you've heard anything about the tapes, you've probably heard about how Mike Bonin and his son Jacob, who is Black, were described by the people in the meeting. Where were you when you first heard about the tapes?
3: Hmm, yeah. So, I was in Massachusetts when I first heard about the tapes. My family's from Massachusetts, and it's where I grew up, and I was there for the funeral memorial service of a, a friend of mine. I stayed a few days after to hang with my family. And on that Saturday, I was at my parents' house getting ready to go into Boston to go see a concert. And I got a call from a friend of mine, an activist in L.A., who texted me saying, hey, need to talk to you. There's a secret recording of of Nuri and Gil and Kevin.
2: Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon were the other city council members on the tape.
3: And I'm like, oh, you got my interest. And so he said, no, this is really bad, and it's about you, and it's about Jacob. So I need you to sit down.
2: Mike's son Jacob was eight at the time. Mike decided not to listen to the tapes just yet, because he was on his way to see British folk singer Billy Bragg. While Mike was at the concert, the LA Times was putting together their breaking story about the tapes. Mike's name first comes up about a half an hour into them. A warning, the upcoming clips use derogatory and explicit language. It's difficult to make out the whole conversation clearly, so I'll be repeating some lines from the tape. The first voice you hear is Council President Nuri Martinez. She's talking about Mike, and she calls him that little bitch.
5: That little bitch, Bonin.
2: What's with Bonin? Bonin thinks he's fucking black. What's with Bonin? She says, Bonin thinks he's fucking black. Everyone on the L.A. City Council is a Democrat. But there's a spectrum of how progressive they are. Mike Bonin was one of the more progressive city council members. And at the time of the recordings, he was frequently fighting with the more moderate members of the council, including Nuri. This next voice is Kevin, who of the three was the newest to the city council. He says, you know there's four blacks on the city council.
5: You know there's four blacks on the city
3: council.
2: At the time of the recording, there were only three black city council members in L.A., Nuri responds, four Blacks? Yeah, Bonin.
5: Four Blacks? Yeah, yeah. one."
2: A couple of minutes later, they bring up Mike Bonin's son Jacob. Mike and his husband Sean adopted Jacob in 2016. In the tapes, the city council members accuse Mike of tokenizing Jacob, saying Mike uses his son as a political prop. It starts with Kevin saying, his kid, he adopted. And Nuri responds, he's black. Yeah.
5: An accessory.
2: Nuri says that Mike brings his son around during Black History Month y lo pone acá, that he places him like this, as an accessory.
3: They well, like, used to have yeah, those
5: statues yeah, in, no, in the, <laughs> the,
3: the, 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 the yeah, yeah, plantations. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Those last two voices were Union Leader Ron Herrera and Council Member Kevin De Leon. Ron says they used to have those statues in the plantations, and Kevin compares Mike Bonin bringing his son to events to Nuri displaying her designer bags during city council meetings.
3: And I was at the concert and. In between the opening act and the actual show, my phone rang, and I could see it was Ben Oreskes from the LA Times. And I said, I'm not picking this up. And my heart sunk because I'm like, shit, is this about these tapes? And then I got a text from Ben saying, it's urgent, need you to call me. And I called him back. And I said, listen, I'm in, uh, I'm in Boston. I haven't listened to the tapes. I don't know how to react to this. I said, do I need to talk tonight? Are you doing this? He goes, we might publish the story tonight. And so I need you to respond. And so I was at the concert, and Ben is texting me excerpts from the tapes over the course of an hour. And I'm trying at the same time to come up with a reaction statement. I was really imploring them to stay off the stuff about my son. Say they attacked me... Say something vague. They made racially disparaging comments.
2: This next part of the recording includes the specific line that gets quoted the most in the coverage of the tapes. Nuri tells a story about being on a float during an MLK Day parade. She was invited by former city council president Herb Wesson, who is black. She was on the float with Mike and his son Jacob, who was just under three years old. <laughs> Nuri says, trae su negrito, which literally translated means, there he brings his little black one.
5: For MLK, for the parade that Herb used to organize, and we need all the council who wanted to join Herb on the float, because he used to do a whole float to be nice. Bonnie would be like, hey, Nuri, are you going to the MLK? Well, Herb invited me, you yeah, I'll go. Okay, I'm bringing whatever the kid's name is. I'm like, it's like the oddest thing. All the, it's like black and brown on this float. And then there's this, this white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved.
3: And then a little while later, Ben called me back. And he said, I'm sorry to do this to you. Our Spanish-language reporters have been listening to the tapes more carefully. And there's more, uh, she called your son a monkey.
2: Nuri used the phrase, parece changuito, which translates to, he seemed like a little monkey.
5: Nothing you can do to control him, parece changuito. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm over here trying to parent this kid. I'm like, you can't do that. I said, no. It's me and Karen Bass on the float trying to fucking check this little
2: <laughs> Karen Bass today is the mayor of Los Angeles. She's Black, and at the time she was on the float, she was a congresswoman representing South LA.
5: And we're all looking at each other because we're the three women on the floor. Like, who's going to fucking, this kid's going to tip us over? Because yeah. he's literally hanging on the rails. Jesus.
4: We well, can't let him let him off because the, the spectators
3: will beat his ass. Yeah. They're
5: him like a little yeah. white kid, which I was like, this kid needs a beat down. Like, let me let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back.
3: Yeah. That's kind of when I lost it. I was livid that she talked about beating him down. I was beside myself when I heard, you know, the the specific comments about. Monkey and Louis Vuitton and all that shit. I was with my buddy in Boston, and I was talking to him on the way home from the concert. And he's like, you shouldn't even say anything. He said, it's so disgusting. He said, you don't need to say anything. Anyone who reads this is going to think this this person is incredibly vile.
2: The other specific insult on the tapes is directed towards indigenous Oaxacans. It comes later in the conversation when the four are looking at a map of the city of Los Angeles. Nuri asks, Korea Koreatown? And Gil responds, Yeah, that's called K-Town. Why Korea so what's
0: Koreatown? Yeah, that's
2: called K-Town. That's,
5: yes. That's, I see a lot of little short, dark people. Yeah, little, little, little Oaxacan.
3: Yeah. Little Oaxacan, yeah. little Oaxacan <laughs> Koreans.
2: Gil's basically saying the whole neighborhood is full of Oaxacans. He jokes, Oaxacan Koreans.
3: <laughs> Not even like Kevin. Little ones.
2: Gil's referring here to Kevin's mixed Guatemalan and Chinese ancestry. Nuri says, I don't know what village they came out of.
5: I don't know what village they came out of here,
2: but that feels. It's tan feos. They're ugly. So those were the two specific and hurtful prejudiced insults. The second type of tape that caused outrage has to do with resentment towards organized Black political power and Black city council members. They bring up LA District Attorney George Gascon. He's a progressive prosecutor who was elected in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and has been trying to end mass incarceration in the city. Nuri says, fuck that guy, he's with the Blacks. Later in the tapes, they talk about council member Mark Ridley-Thomas, one of the three Black City council members. At the time of the recording, Ridley-Thomas had just been indicted on corruption charges. On the tape, Nuri wonders whether or not he's going to resign, which would open up the seat in his district for a Latino candidate. His district in South L.A. used to be majority African-American, but over time it became majority Latino.
5: If he resigns and the African-Americans look at this as a hostile takeover because he's gone, they will have to figure that shit out because politically they're going to come after
3: him. Yeah, but-
2: Nuri says if he resigns and the African-Americans look at this as a hostile takeover because he's gone, we'll have to figure that shit out because politically, they're going to come after us. This next voice is Kevin De Leon. He says, can I say something right now?
3: Can I say something right now? This is what I call the, it's the, ¿cómo that, the movie, uh, the, the Wizard of Oz effect.
2: The Wizard of Oz effect.
3: When you're at the side of the curtain, it's like this big voice. It sounds mm-hmm. like there's thousands of And then when you actually pull the curtain is that you see the
2: little wizard alive. Kevin is saying that the voice of African-Americans sounds louder and more powerful than it actually is. It's unclear if he means politicians or constituents or both. Then Ron Herrera, the union leader, brings up a hypothetical population of 100 people who are roughly half Latino, saying he thinks Latino politicians in L.A. are in a strong place
4: you got got 100 people, right? 52 age of, age of age them are many yeah, I feel pretty, can't pretty can't good about that. it. I feel pretty good about my chances of beating your ass.
2: But Kevin and Gill suggest that Black voters still have an outsized influence.
4: 25 are for Black. <laughs> and the 25 Blacks are shouting. They shout like they're 250.
2: That's Kevin saying if there's 25 Black people, they shout like they're 250. They're also frustrated by what they perceive to be a double standard in how Black and Latino politicians are treated when they get into trouble. They bring up Mark Ridley Thomas's corruption scandal again. They think he's getting better treatment than Jose Wizar, a former council member who was indicted a year earlier also on corruption charges. Jose is Mexican-American. Nuri says to the room, they didn't think twice before judging Jose. It's unclear who they are.
5: They didn't think twice before... Um, I know. They went right after him right away.
2: Kevin says they went after him right away. Jose Weizar and Mark Ridley-Thomas would both later be convicted on corruption charges. Councilmember Marquise Harris-Dawson was one of the three Black City council members at the time of the recordings. In the tape, Marquise and his alliance with Mike Bonin are discussed extensively.
1: When I first heard the actual tapes, I was in—I was at my house. I have a little man cave. It was about mm, three in the morning.
2: The L.A. Times was working on their story about the tapes, and that's when Marquise heard from Mike.
1: Mike Bonin, who was working furiously and asking for my help to try to shape the story in a way that didn't impact his son. Mm. And that's when I got a hold of a copy of the the recordings, digital.
2: Do you remember your thoughts as you were listening
1: it was shock. You can't figure out what's happening. Like, did someone in the room make this recording? Why is it being released now? A year has passed. Like, it was just, there were more questions than than feelings. You know, all these people are people that I hear talk when, you know, no one's listening or in safe company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so none of it was particularly surprising at the outset.
2: When I heard the tapes, I heard so much resentment. Just, mm-hmm. like, yeah. real. And I'm curious— Had you heard them describe the dynamic on the council that way? What did you think about their characterization?
1: I I hadn't heard the jealousy and resentment of black people. I just, I had never heard that. You know, know, it's just 25 black people screaming. And um, that was um, surprising. and, And, you know, over time, it was disheartening to me. And obviously, maybe that's something that they wouldn't talk about in front of me.
2: This brings me to what I think of as the third type of comments on the tape. These aren't offensive in the same way the other types are, but they're still salacious. And that's because listening to these parts of the tape, you hear a private conversation you never hear between public figures. A theme comes up again and again, a kind of candid griping about how they feel Latino politicians, and the people in the room in particular, are held to a different standard than white politicians. In one part of the conversation, they're talking about an event that Kevin held at the Walt Disney Concert Hall after he was sworn in as a state senator in 2015. It's a fancy place to host a party, a public building that was designed by the renowned architect Frank Gehry. The event cost $50,000 to put on.
5: It was your anniversary this weekend. Facebook reminded me that I was at the, at the Walt Disney Hall.
3: That was, oh, October 15th, ago, yeah.
5: When 15th. you were doing your little training yeah.
3: Which by the way, that swearing in the ceremony and then got months, I got shit all over front. And a month after my thing, in November, Zeb Yorososli had a black tie, red carpet event at the Walkinson Council so Hall. What did the press say? say what did the press say? Shh see what
2: Kevin is talking about how a white politician had a retirement party at the same venue shortly after him, and the press didn't write about it.
5: That's why I don't have parties because of you.
0: No, I'm <laughs> serious. But you know what?
5: Like we can't celebrate our own our own no, you accomplishments. Can. you can't have a party. But because you know what? we'll become, no. no you because can't I mean, have it. You can't have it. But you got to have it to have it. And Street.
2: Alvera Street. Street is a landmark in downtown LA that's been preserved to reflect what the city looked like when Los Angeles was still a part of Mexico in the early 1800s. It's the kind of place tourists put on a wide brimmed sombrero and pay to take a picture on a donkey statue.
5: You have to have my it Roosevelt High School to to my mom or Pacoima. That's
3: what, because that's where they Here expect us to be at. Yeah.
2: Pacoima is a mostly Latino working class neighborhood where Nuri grew up.
5: Getting up in Pacoima right there by the yeah. swap yeah. meet. Just bring out the swap meet. Yeah. So
2: they're complaining that the media expects Latino politicians to have their parties in working-class Latino spaces, not in fancy buildings designed by famous architects, which, Marquise Harris-Dawson told me, is a legitimate complaint. What do you think about when they talk about how they're not allowed to have events at the Walt Disney Music Hall?
1: Uh, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. They, they, you know, they do get critiqued. This happens to elected officials of color. And certainly that was done to Antonio Villaragosa when he was mayor, Um, You know, oh, he eats at these restaurants. And and literally, that would be in the newspaper. So, you know, I think that's kind of been there, and I could uh, empathize with them on that.
2: In the week before the L.A. Times started working on their first story about the tapes, rumors had already been circulating about the tapes' existence.
1: The week before the tapes were out, there was a member of council that said, hey, I need to talk to you. There's something that's about to break. I think it's going to be a big deal. Then another activist came and said, there are these tapes, these people are going to have to resign.
2: Someone had posted the tapes onto Reddit weeks before, but they didn't get much attention until someone on Twitter posted the Reddit link and tagged journalists from multiple outlets, including the LA Times and Knock LA. I was
1: like, you know, really? Like, you know, activists get a little worked up sometimes. I just thought it would be like a lot of other stories.
2: But then... The LA Times published their story.
1: I thought I was like, the doors are blown off now. It's, it's this story, like, no one's controlling this story at this point.
2: That's coming up after a quick break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however, you cha-ching. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash paradise, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash paradise now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash paradise.
0: VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org.
2: Welcome back to Imperfect Paradise. I'm Antonia Cerejido. You're listening to Nuri and the Secret Tapes, part one. The LA Times published their first story about the tapes on a Sunday, October 9th, 2022. Almost immediately, people gathered outside of Nuri Martinez's home. People were protesting. They were chanting, and they even blasted parts of the tape over a speaker.
3: Resign! Resign! To the racist mind, resign! resign! Your
2: racist out of
5: Resign!
4: Resign! racist
2: Headlines and snippets of tape started to travel across group chats and social media timelines.
4: Oh my God, uh, it's not funny, but suddenly I started getting a text. I embrace you. I support you. I hope you're feeling okay. Sending you a hug.
2: This is Odilia Romero. She's the co-founder and executive director at Cielo, which is an Indigenous woman-founded and led organization that advocates for Indigenous people's human rights. Odilia started getting texts about the tapes before she actually knew what they were.
4: And then our board member sends me the text. Did you see this? And I'm like, Oh, this is what people are talking about. I'm getting all these like hugs and love. And the board member said, Are you okay? And I said, Yeah, I'm okay. And she was very shocked to my response. Like, I'm okay. Like, I'm not gonna go under the covers and cry it shows what we've always known as indigenous people that the, the other Mexicans have always discriminated against us.
2: Many indigenous and afro latina folks were not actually surprised by what they heard on the tapes, but rather they saw the tapes as proof, evidence of an issue they felt was often sidelined.
4: We've always knew this is how they talk about us. This is how Mexico talks about us. This is how Latinos talk about us.
2: Professor Tanya Hernandez was also getting pinged by her colleagues. My
4: inbox was flooded with everyone wanting to let me know what had been disclosed. And I think because by that point, many people knew that this was a topic that I've done you know, deep research on.
2: Tanya had just published a book about anti-Black bias in Latina communities. And suddenly, she had a perfect current example of the problem to point to.
4: What the uh, audio tapes opened up now was just how systemic and much of a pattern across the communities that this actually is. That is the message that Latinos, uh, latines can also harbor anti-Black bias and sentiment.
2: Meanwhile, politicians at all levels started to call for the resignation of everyone heard on the tapes. Both individuals running for mayor here in the city of Los Angeles are asking all three council members to simply resign.
0: Congresswoman Karen Bass says what's on the audio tape is appalling, anti-black racism. Councilman Harris Dawson, along with L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti and U.S. Senator Alex Padilla, just a few of the growing list of those now demanding the resignation of all of those involved in that leaked audio.
2: Ron Herrera, the union leader, was the first to resign. Then Nuri stepped down from her role as city council president, but she didn't step down from the council itself. In a statement, she wrote, I hope you will give me the opportunity to make amends. That week, President Biden was scheduled to come to L.A. to show support for mayoral candidate Karen Bass. And during a briefing, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked if the president had
0: a reaction to the tapes. Look, the president is glad to see that one of the participants in that conversation has resigned, uh, but they all should. He believes that they all should resign. The language that was used and tolerated during that conversation was unacceptable, and it was appalling. Uh, They should all step down. Two days after the story broke,
2: L.A. City Council was set to meet in person. Nuri was not going to be there. She took a leave of absence from the council after the L.A. Times published its story about the tapes. But Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo, the other council members on the tape, were going to be there.
1: The morning, the first council meeting after the story broke, I decided to take the public entrance into City Hall instead of the executive entrance.
2: This is council member Marquise Harris Dawson again. He rolled up to the City Hall, which is this tall, white Art Deco tower in downtown L.A., and hundreds of people had gathered on the steps.
4: — Let's not get sidetracked on why we're here. Let's remain focused, OK? We're here to get them up! Get them
2: back! — LA's reporter, Michael Flores, was there talking to people outside City Hall. —
1: And why are you out here today?
2: I'm out here to join with the numerous working class, Black, Brown,
4: Indigenous people who are against the abhorrent and bigoted comments made by City Council members. Racism is racism, whether it's coming from a guy in a red MAGA hat or from the president of the LA City Council. It is unacceptable. I feel like it's the sort of people who chuckle along to racist jokes in bars. They are complicit, and they're actually encouraging it in some ways. she spoke it out loud, but they all laughed and
1: agreed.
2: Marquise had never been greeted at the doors of City Hall the way he was that day, with a 12-piece banda.
1: All Latino made a line, they like made a pathway for me to walk through them as they're playing. And people are shouting, Fuera, Fuera.
2: Fuera means get out, and Fuera became a rallying chant calling for the council members on the tape to resign. It seemed intentional that the chant was in Spanish, It signals that what was on the tapes did not reflect the views of all Latinos.
1: And so the the crowd was predominantly Latino. And so for me, I was like, oh, this is the city I thought it was.
2: The L.A. City Council Chambers are intimate and church-like. There is gold and turquoise tile on the walls, tall marble pillars, and 15 leather chairs where the council members sit, arranged like a horseshoe. In front of them are rows of benches where the public can sit. But on the morning of October 11th, no one was sitting. The benches were full of people standing, screaming, and booing. Some people were wearing t shirts that said, I'm with the blacks, a reference to Nuri Martinez's comments about District Attorney George Gascon. Nithya Rahman was one of the first council members to take her seat.
4: I was sitting there listening to people
2: chanting and protesting in the audience, and I got a text from a friend of mine. Her friend was in Ethiopia for work. And she was like, hi, I'm watching you on the New York Times homepage, where the L.A. City Council meeting is being live-streamed. Watching the live feed, you see Nithya seated at the start of the meeting. Mike Bonin, who had returned from Massachusetts, is already seated, too. He's holding his head in his hands. Kevin and Gil are nowhere to be seen.
3: I needed my staff to keep Kevin and Gil away from me. I did not want them to have a photo op moment of coming over to apologize in front of cameras.
2: Then you see Councilmember Mitch O'Farrell try and fail to begin the council meeting.
3: Good morning. There There are a lot of people here that need to be heard today. We are going to have a meeting today. It will happen. Now, it can happen with everyone in the room. It can happen with everyone in the room. Or or we can have a meeting without any of you in the room.
2: As he's speaking, Kevin walks in and sits down. He looks out at the crowd as people begin pointing at him and screaming. Two minutes later, Gil walks in and takes his seat next to Kevin. The men are expressionless as they fiddle with their microphones, leaf through some paper on their desks, and sip water. They don't look at the crowd. Six minutes in, after huddling with a handful of city council members, notably not Mike Bonin, Gil walks out. But Kevin stays in his seat. He scratches his head and turns his back to the crowd a black woman begins to scream, get out like you wanted us out. Get out like you wanted us out! Get out out like you wanted us out! Finally, Kevin stands and walks out. The crowd begins to clap. Mitch O'Farrell tries again to start the meeting. Eventually, 18 minutes in, the crowd quiets down.
3: Good morning, everybody.
2: And allows Mike Bonin to speak.
3: Thank you. Uh but I I want to say a few words. My husband and I are both uh, raw and angry and heartbroken and sick for our family and for Los Angeles. I am reeling from the revelations of what these people said. I can never really know or comprehend or feel the weight of the daily relentless racism, anti-black racism that my son is going to face. But man, I know the fire that you feel when someone tries to destroy black boy joy. Man, uh, it's a rage. And you know, my husband and I were both raised at a time when, as gay men, we didn't think that we would be married or that we would be allowed to have kids, or that we'd be allowed to have a family, uh, because our relationships and our families were considered illegitimate.
2: Mike ends his and speech talking about what he sees for L.A.'s future. And
3: I see the incredible promise of that coming in Los Angeles, a, a, a powerful, heart-led, multiracial crop of young progressives who are de- Determined to build coalitions. The power is there and the heart is there and the fortitude is there. And I have more than hope. I have, I have faith that that can happen. Thank you.
2: Within hours of this speech, Nuri would resign completely from the city council. She started her resignation letter saying... It is with a broken heart that I resign my seat for Council District 6, the community I grew up in, and my home. She ended it with, While I take the time to look inwards and reflect, I ask that you give me space and privacy. After that, no one heard from her. She didn't speak to the media. And there were even rumors swirling around that she had moved to Arizona, even Switzerland. Many in the city don't want to hear from Nuri. Her words on the tape tell them everything they need to know. But some of the people Nuri talks about and insults on the tapes don't think the scandal should be the only thing that defines her. This is Marquise Harris-Dawson.
1: It's hard for me to take an hour and a half of a recording against everything else I've known about them.
2: Even Mike Bonin said something similar.
3: Nuri was like my partner on so many things. She was an incredible voice on on so many issues, economic justice and low-wage workers. I want Nuri to be remembered for more than this moment.
2: Nuri's story tells us a lot about the history of political power in Los Angeles. And to really understand the scandal and the painful issues it raised, we need to understand that part of the story too. How she grew up, how she rose to power, and what life experiences informed her policies and leadership style.
4: She spoke like she was raised in Pacoima, and anyone that was raised in Pacoima, they all sound like they're raised in Pacoima.
2: How did she rise to the top of the city council in the second largest city in the country?
1: She was very blunt and, you know, held people's feet to their fire and, you know, I mean, she's very
0: brass.
2: And what were the divisions in the council in the months leading up to the secretly recorded conversation?
1: Then our relationship at different points deteriorated and it got pretty low.
2: And now that she's had a year to think about it, does she understand why people are so upset about what she said on those tapes? What did you mean by when you called them Feos? Oh my goodness. Nuri may be out of office, but her constituents, the people who supported her, are still a vital part of our city. What should Latino political power look like? Is it really about preserving Latino power or is it about preserving the power of the people who are in the room? It was
5: about preserving Latino
2: seats in general. That's next week on Imperfect Paradise. Listen to new episodes of the podcast every Wednesday or tune in on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on LAist 89.3 or LAist.com. This episode of Imperfect Paradise was written and reported by me, Antonia Cerejido. Catherine Mailhouse is the executive producer of the show, and Shayna Naomi-Krockmull is our vice president of podcasts. Emily Guerin is the senior producer. Our story editor is Meg Kramer. Minju Park is our producer. She also scored our series. Ali Bianco and Rebecca Katz are our interns. Our editorial team also includes Tony Marcano, Frank Stoltz, Megan Garvey, and Kristen Muller. Fact-checking by Caitlin Antonios. Mixing and theme music by E. Scott Kelly. Music by Jay Valle, Ex-Manana, and Joseph Quinones at Secondhand Sounds. This podcast is powered by listeners like you. Support the show by donating now at las.com slash join. This podcast is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live.
5: This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. The L.A.S. Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism.